Hola, this is Maria Plata, and I am here to tell you all about the random things I learn every day. I am a mom, a wife, a teacher, a highly sensitive person, and just a creative soul who wants to share my day-to-day learning with you. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and let's get talking. Hello, it's me again. So this is the episode two of season one. And today we are going to be talking a lot about what a highly sensitive person is. Um, I know in my little introduction, I described myself as a mom, wife, blah, 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 highly sensitive person. And it's one of the big things that make up who I am. So I thought I'd spend some time today kind of talking about it, sharing some information with you um, so that going forward, you kind of understand where I'm coming from with this whole highly sensitive person or for a shorter version, HSP. So the whole first season is pretty much going to be the foundational blocks of who I am and why I think the way I do, I guess, or whatever, but just mostly about, you know, the things that make up who I am. I don't know if you can hear that in the background of my dog won't stop walking around. (laughs) Anyway, so today we're going to be talking about um, being a highly sensitive person, how I heard about that term and kind of how it snowballed into other things. So what is a highly sensitive person? how do I define this? I'm just kidding. The actual definition is someone who experiences acute physical, mental, or emotional responses to stimuli. Um, That can be external stimuli, so like your environment, or it could also be internal stimuli, your thoughts, your feelings, all of that. Um, So that's essentially what it is. And it's Dr. Elaine Aaron who came up with this term and she was doing research on how sensitive people are. And it turns out that about 15 to 20% of the population have this gene that just make them a little bit more sensitive to the world around them. Um, There are different components to it, and I'll go into it a little bit more uh, in a little bit, but kind of how I found out that I was an HSP. It's kind of weird how your whole life you go thinking that you are too much of this or too much of that. Um, Not until you're 20 something, I don't remember how old I was, um, that you realize, you know, it's not really anything wrong with me. It's fine. I'm actually just really sensitive. So my entire life, I was considered to be really ultra sensitive. I cried with everything as a kid. I mean, I literally sat there and played with my Barbies and cried because the one girl Barbie dumped the Ken doll that we had, which wasn't even a Ken doll because we didn't have a lot of money to buy Ken dolls. So (laughs) I would sit there and I would have these arguments with my Barbies and I would just feel it so deeply. Like I actually felt the pain in my Barbie story. (laughs) And so I would sit there and cry. Um, Or if something didn't go my way, it was really hard for me to kind of accept that and not take it so personally. So kind of my whole life, I just have been really sensitive um, to different things, especially other people's emotions. So if I'm watching a commercial and, you know, it's about a mom and a child and I don't know, something really cheesy and corny, like I will absolutely cry unless I really force myself not to. Um, Or if I hear sad stories in the news or I watch the news in general, like it's really hard for me to not be kind of touched by that. Um, So I go my whole life kind of just thinking it's me. There's something wrong with me. I'm too sensitive. And as I'm teaching, you know, year to year, I kind of start developing a lot of anxiety 
and coping with everyday life was really hard. And so I went to therapy. I've gone to therapy several times in my lifetime, but I went to this therapist and he kind of was just like, yeah, you're a highly sensitive person. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I know that. He's like, no, it's like an actual thing. So he told me about the book that Dr. Elaine Aaron wrote um, that has all the research behind it. And so I did what every person would do after therapy and is go buy the book. (laughs) And so I started reading a lot about how I'm just a highly sensitive person. I'm part of that 15 to 20% of the population who just feel things a little bit more than others. So if it hadn't been for that, I probably would still think there's something wrong with me or that I need to change who I am, which I don't. And I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, My dilemma, I guess, for a while was that I'm also an extroverted person. And so I crave being around people, but being a highly sensitive person, I get very overstimulated by people. So I had this kind of like, I love teaching and I love children and I love being around all these people. And then I would feel so drained by it all the time. So that's kind of what got me started on this journey. All right. So if we look more into the foundational traits of a HSP person, there's four big foundational traits that Dr. Aaron talks about in her book. Um, and the first one is depth of processing, and it does a little acronym of DOES, D-O-E-S. So the first one is D, depth of processing. So what's happening in our brains is that we need to constantly make connections to things. We need to process every piece of information over and over again. So when I walk into a store, I'm not just, oh, I need to get the bananas and the milk and this. I'm constantly thinking, oh, what's that? Oh, what's this? And it's kind of like trying to make connections. I'm looking around at people, you know, will I run into someone I know? I'm looking at prices. I'm constantly checking. I mean, it's things that we all do, but for a highly sensitive person, it's kind of on overdrive. Um, If I hear a kid screaming, if I hear a kid crying, and then my, you know, mom brain starts tapping into like, oh, what can I do to help that child? And so it gets really kind of crazy sometimes. Um, So there's nothing necessarily that we're doing um, that makes it worse. It's just, we're just processing information all the time, nonstop, over and over again, before it happens, after it happens, while it's happening, just processing information all the time. And so what's happening is our brain is trying to make that the pathways of information, and it just gets a little crazy sometimes. And that's where the O comes in. So O stands for overstimulation. So because our brains are working so hard and they're kind of on overdrive, we get easily overstimulated. Now, for me, a lot of that I thought was just anxiety. Like, I'm just an anxious person. What I didn't understand was that I'm just overstimulated, If I can put things in place so that I don't become overstimulated, my anxiety obviously gets much better. Um, So it's a lot of just feeling super exhausted. Um, If I go into, for example, Costco on a Sunday afternoon when everybody's trying to get their shopping done with the kids, I can't handle much of that. So I just need to know, oh, okay, this is going to be like one of those trips to Costco where I'm just going to feel overstimulated and then afterwards I can just decompress a little bit. If I didn't know that about myself, I would push through and then feel really, really tired and annoyed and frustrated, and I wouldn't know why I was feeling that way. Um, So I can handle high stimuli for a short amount of time. Um, Having been a teacher, (laughs) I laugh at this one because it's you're constantly handling high stimuli 
all day long, especially if you teach the younger kids who are still kind of needy, you know, tie my shoe, this kid's stirring up, this kid has a bloody nose, this kid's coughing, the phone is ringing, someone's coming in to talk to you about something, they're pulling kids for IFG, they're doing this. And so it's constantly nonstop. And I didn't know that I was an HSP. So I just felt like this is normal. This is what teaching is like. This is just what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, Being a parent is also very similar to that. It's a lot of nonstop stimuli, especially when your kids are young or, you know, they're babies. And it's, it can get very overstimulating. So that's what the O stands for. The next one is E for empathy. Um, I've always known that I'm a very empathetic person. I kind of just knew that about myself growing up, but I just assumed everybody was or that they just didn't see things the way I did. I don't know. Kind of hard to explain. But being an empathetic person just means that I have like an emotional reactivity to others um, and to myself too, obviously. So if I walk into a room, I can instantly feel the energy of the room and people's feelings. And I sounds kind of woo-woo or whatever, but it's just something that I can pick up on. I can read facial expressions a little bit more. I tend to pick up the little details a little bit more in the room. Um, so if we were walking into a staff meeting and the teachers are stressed out and they're all having a bad day, I can instantly feel that. And so it makes it very hard for me to not feel overstimulated by other people's emotions. Um, where if I walk into a room where, you know, people are angry or they're angry, but they're not saying that they're angry. Um, yeah, definitely can feel it. Um, I do that a lot, I guess. Oh, the worst is when I'm sitting there and people are just trying to get through something and you know they're angry with each other. You have nothing to do with it, <laughs> but you feel it very, very, it's very real. And you just know, like, if they could just say that they're angry with each other, we feel so much better. Um, so that's kind of what it is. You absorb and pick up emotions from places or people and or people, I guess. Um, it comes in really handy. It, that's one, of, I guess, one of my greatest strengths. But it's also one of the things that leads to overstimulation if I'm not aware of it. And the last one for the acronym of DUS is S, and that's sensitivity to subtleties. Um, So like I mentioned earlier, like all of the tiny details, I can walk into a room and kind of pick up on little things, you know, um, where things are located. I do that a lot, and I know this is part of just my anxiety in general, but whenever we go to a new place, I need to find where the emergency exits are. And like, I just kind of scan the room really quickly. Bathrooms, that's a big big one for me because I always have to go to the bathroom. Um, You kind of like scan the room and you kind of pinpoint like, okay, emergency exit there. Okay, these people are here, bathrooms there. Kind of just scan everything. Um, A lot of it too is, you know, the subtleties in conversations or subtleties in someone's performance or someone's sharing something, I tend to pick up a lot more on what they're saying without them actually saying it. So, you know, someone could be really excited and they're just saying, I'm excited, but I really can pick up on the way that their face is expressing it, the way their body's moving, especially if it's someone I know really, really well. I can tell when they're maybe not feeling their best just by reading their body language. So that's kind of the foundational part of being a highly sensitive person. And It really has made a huge difference in my life just knowing that there are highly sensitive people out there and like it's an actual thing and it's not just me who is too sensitive. 
Um, but once I found out that I was a highly sensitive person, I kind of really got into it. I started researching a lot and kind of analyzing myself and analyzing my environment and the situations I was in and kind of realized, you know, it's, it's okay for me to be a highly sensitive person, first of all. And second of all, why am I not sharing this with more people, right? I mean, I was an overly sensitive child and I work with overly sensitive children. You know, if you think about it from a teacher's perspective, if you have a classroom, 20%, 15 to 20% of those students are probably going to be highly sensitive. And so you have students who get more stressed out or who have a stronger reaction to things and, you know, they probably are highly sensitive. And so that really affected me in the way I kind of saw my students and the way I encouraged them to do different things. Um, it also kind of led me to understand why I was feeling so burnt out in teaching. You know, I would stay really late, go home. I had a baby at the time. My son was an infant when I found out that I was an HSB. I was not getting enough sleep. And so I was constantly overstimulated at work and constantly overstimulated at home. And I felt like, well, no wonder I have so much anxiety <laughs> and so much stress. It's I'm not giving myself the chance to really wind down and decompress after a long day. So after that, we kind of started putting some things in place of, you know, this is what I need because I am highly sensitive in order to function at my best. Also, as you know, my son started getting older and talking or not talking, whatever, oh, those two to three-year-old time frame, that was crazy. Um, you know, it's a trait that is passed down. And so I realized, oh my goodness, my son is also a highly sensitive person. And there's a whole thing on highly sensitive children. And, you know, you can research all that too. But I kind of viewed him a little bit differently. You know, I expected him to feel overstimulated at parties. And I kind of started prepping him as he got older, like, hey, we're going to go into Costco. There's going to be a lot of people. You might feel this, this and that. And like, that's totally okay just communicate with us. And so as he gets older, that's one of the things that we really work on with him. And I'll be doing more episodes about having a highly sensitive child and things that you can do and stuff. So, um, but that's how it's affected my life. So in my career, in my own personal life, you know, with my son, with my family, it kind of just made me realize that, wow, you know, if I have these strategies in place and I take care of, you know, knowing who I am and what makes me feel the way I feel, I can actually use this to my advantage. So I realize it's actually a huge strength and that there are other people out there who are feeling this way and not realizing that what they have is a strength. So after I found all this out and I'm kind of really into investigative mode and I'm figuring things out, I decided to start highly sensitive people meetings at work <laughs> when I was still teaching and so once a month, I would open up my classroom and teachers who felt they could benefit from this would come in and I would do a whole little kind of share this with them and say, you know, this month has been really hard or this day or this week or whatever. This happened. This is how I'm struggling with it. Um, and people just kind of opened up and started sharing. And it was an amazing thing that started to happen. These people who also felt like I had felt like I'm too sensitive finally felt like they had a place where they didn't feel too of whatever. Um, when I quit teaching and I decided, you know, not to go back to the classroom, <laughs> a few of the people said, but what about the HSP meetings? So I left them open and I do them once a month at my house now. And so people come over, you know, usually there's not that many people because it's 15 to 20% of the population. Um, 
And so I have to keep that in mind because sometimes I overanalyze things. But people come over and every month we have a theme and we talk about it and we kind of share our ideas, share our struggles. We are just open with others who are feeling the same way. And so it really helps to just surround yourself with people who are also sensitive and to kind of get a different perspective on things because the majority of people are not highly sensitive. You know, you can feel all these deep feelings but most of the people around you are not going to understand that or even accept that. So it's really important. It's been it's been a crucial thing for me to have people like that around me. Um, it also kind of helped me fill that void of the need to help others. You know, when I left teaching, I, I felt like there was this huge void of how am I going to feel like I have a purpose now? Because when you're teaching, you're constantly, you know, that's your purpose. You're teaching. You're changing the future. You're shaping the world, whatever thing you want to throw in there. Um, so when I quit, it was a lot of, there's a lot of guilt and a lot of doubt of how am I going to fulfill my purpose now? <laughs> I know it's so existential, right? Um, but it really allowed me to create a safe environment for others who are like me and just kind of understand that this is one way I can help. And it's one of my many purposes. And it gave me a lot of acceptance and encouragement and, you know, it, it's good to be sensitive. And this is why. Um, it also accepting this and kind of going forward with it, it allowed me to have a ton of creativity, which I'll go into the next episode. Um, but I also know that there are things that I can't handle by myself, which is fine. And so I do go to therapy for my anxiety and, um, I have systems in place with my husband and my son that, you know, if I'm overstimulated and we kind of talk about things and I just say, I need 10 minutes by myself to kind of cool down and, wind my brain down because it's on overdrive right now. Um, so it's just, I'm realizing it's a huge strength and that it's something that not everybody knows about or not everybody cares to learn about. So how can you apply this in your life? So if you think about it, I don't know if you're a highly sensitive person. You might be because you're listening to this specific episode, but if you're not, you're like, oh my gosh, it's so annoying. It's all these people that cry all the time, whatever. I don't know if people actually think that. I'm just going with it. <laughs> but if you realize that like one of your, if you have children, one of your children might be a highly sensitive kid. And so if they cry a lot or if they're kind of overstimulated all the time, or you just don't know why they do certain things, they might be a highly sensitive kid. Um, so if you get frustrated with them or you kind of snap at them or you have high expectations of them, they might feel that a little bit more deeply than you realize. And so kind of knowing that really helps parents sometimes like, oh, I just have to be very careful with how I say things or what I say or how I approach certain problems. Uh, so that's one way that you could kind of look at people in your life and see, you know, how can, how can I build better relationships within myself or with others now knowing that there is this thing called highly sensitive people out there. Um, if you're a teacher then obviously this applies because there's lots of things that happen in a classroom that a highly sensitive child can pick up on that you might not realize. So, you know, if the fire alarm goes off and you have a few kids who are acting out in kinder, first, second, whatever, they might just be overstimulated by the sound without being able to verbalize that's what's happening. So they start kind of acting out a little bit, goofing around because they have all this energy. They're not sure what to do with it. So, just those little things that kind of change or, you know, if you're absent one day, the next day, I mean, that might really, really affect them. Not that you can't have any absent days, but you know what I mean? Like things, things like that. 
So if you're a teacher, understanding that there are highly sensitive kids out there and in your classrooms, then it really helps you kind of get a better grasp on what you can do to help them. Um, So yeah, so think about it. How can you apply this in your life? What do you know about highly sensitive people? Or are you a highly sensitive person? What can you do to put those strategies in place so that you don't feel overstimulated a lot? Um, As we go through this, uh, through the next episodes, I'll talk more about how this is kind of the biggest foundational piece of who I am. And, you know, being a highly sensitive person has really affected and shaped the way I experience life. And so that's why I wanted this to be one of the first episodes. Um, Because as I talk about, you know, how I use creativity or whatever else I'm going to be talking about, then you can kind of understand, you know, um, like when I moved here from Mexico, being a highly sensitive person really played a part in in how I felt about it. You know, becoming a mom for the first time, being a highly sensitive person definitely affected how I approach that and how I view that and how I continue to view my role as a mother. So just giving you some information about it. Um, You can definitely go research more. There's a ton of information out there. There's been so much more research done since Dr. Aaron's book came out. And there's a ton of things online that you can find um, for strategies and support. But just know that, you know, if you're feeling like you're too sensitive to this or to that, Um, yeah, because it's an actual thing. You probably are, but it's not a bad thing. It's actually a great thing. And I hope that this helped you in some way. I know that when I hear someone else say, hey, I feel that too, it just really validates my feelings and who I am. And so I hope that this has done the same for you. Um, And if you have any questions, let me know. And until next time, hasta luego.